If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. My new phrase is like, I, I just want to do it without the fear, right? Because I, I've already tried it with the fear. And fear is, is, is a great tool to tell you, you know, when, when to slow down and be cautious and stuff like that. But it's also very inconvenient because it robs you of joy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Human to Human, a space to reimagine self-love, strengthen interpersonal relationships, and peel back the layers of the human experience, one conversation at a time. Brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I am so excited for you to be here for this episode. This episode's guest is husband, proud dad, and creative, Glenn Henry. Glenn drops gems on what it means to be a man, husband, and father today. As an aspiring parent myself, I'm calling in twins, y'all. It was so exciting talking with Glenn about how understanding his inner child was the perfect guide for connecting with his children, his wife, and his adult self. At this Human to Human family dinner, the kids and the adults are sitting at the same table. As always, I like to start each episode with a few recommendations based on our conversation. This episode's song of the week is Before I Let You Go, the Beyonce rendition. Respect to Frankie Beverly and Mays. This week's book is You Are Your Best Thing by Tarana Burke and Dr. Brene Brown. And while you're listening, reflect on this question. What is your inner child telling you about your adult life? For all my parents, aspiring parents, former children, current children, and inner child healers, think that covers everyone. I dedicate this episode to you. Now, let's get Human Human with Glenn Henry. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Human to Human. I'm super, super excited about today's guest. Hopefully, you've already seen him on social, but if you have not seen him through different uh, YouTube channels, through television, through the way he is expressing his love out loud, we hope that you got to experience him here on Human to Human. Mr. Glenn Henry's in the building. Yo, what's up, y'all? So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, Stacey. For sure, for sure. Now, you're the father behind belief in fatherhood, but I know that it doesn't just take you. It's a lot more. It's history. It's your wife. It's your beautiful children. It's your passion. It's the commitment to keep, like I said, something I'm, I'm just really interested in is, again, living out loud. So I like to take it back before we go forward. So can you tell me a little bit about how you were raised, what your family history looked like and, and how that's, you know, poured into who you are now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. My mom um, and my dad uh, never got married. Uh, my dad moved to California when I was like two. Um, my mom raised me pretty much throughout the year. My dad had joint custody where I would visit each summer. Um, and so I got to see two different, very, very different lives where my mom was kind of single mom grinding it out, trying to make the best decisions. But she was 16 when she had me. So it was very difficult for her. Um, and my dad, um, you know, married his now wife. Um, my sister was born, uh, you know, about nine months after me. 
You know what I'm saying? And so uh, they struggled too, but just in a different way. But it was interesting to see how uh, the collection of, of the family in California differed from, um, you know, the, the collection of people and people we leaned on in, in, in Baltimore. And so uh, I grew up and my mom, I, I believe she did the best she could. Um, I believe all, I believe all of us as parents do the best we, we, we can. Um, but I, I do think that... Uh, there was some things missing on a regular, which was like having my dad every day. Um, and so um, not having my dad every day, um, you know, affected me in a way that made me very skeptical about fatherhood and parenting altogether. Uh, to me, what I was shown, um, not necessarily what I was, um, you know, was I not what I was supposed to see, but what I was shown was that children are to be seen and not heard. Um, they, they are they are celebrated when they're entertaining, um, but most of the time they need to be quiet and out of the way. And so when I would find out later on um, at the age of 15, when one of my homies was had a baby on the way, it was kind of like, man, it was like we, we held him a funeral. Like, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Your life is over. Um, and I don't know what you're going to do, but we'll see you on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And it was kind of like, he gone now. He got to do grown up things. He got to get a real job and he's got to, he's not going to be able to go to college or pursue his dreams. And so this, this fatherhood and parenting seemed like a death uh, that uh, would happen to many people. And it wasn't until I saw evidence of good fatherhood that made me want to be a dad. Wow, you really dropped some stuff there. That that's good. That's good. And I, I where did that evidence come from? Uh it came from a pastor actually. I was going to this church and I was like, man, I don't know. Um, and kind of on the fence about everybody and everything. And then um, you know, this guy Pat Lynch, um, you know, I, he invited me over and I went to his house. He had like six daughters at the time or five daughters. And um, you walk into the house and the oldest is caring for the youngest. The second oldest is doing the dishes. And you see it, you see it's like kind of dramatic, but at the same time, it's peaceful. And I was like, oh, like I can, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? Or at least I could create a space where that's possible. And so um, learning, just actually seeing it was enough for me. Right. And seeing it on a consistent basis, because it's a lot of people who would be like, yeah, man, I don't I don't do none of that. My children do this and that, you know what I'm saying? And they kind of big talk. But then when you really look at what's going on, you realize, nah, you're not. You know what I'm saying? And so to to see someone who's actually living what they're talking about uh, was was a huge uh, inspiration for me. And uh, I just knew that at that point, I knew how powerful proof is. Proof was. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And honestly, that's why you're, you know, again, living out loud, making sure that you show things that are going through with your family, the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, some of the parts that are hard, some of the parts that are that are really incredible and joyful and they and they come with such a big reward. So I want to circle back to you saying that you feel like your parents did the best they could. Right. Mm -hmm. And and as we get older, you know, we get into that point that I appreciate this part, right? Because when I when I was growing up and when I'm having arguments with my parents, even now, they'll be like, can't wait for you to have a child. I'm like, hey, what's that about? Stop, stop trying to put that over here, you know? But I get it, right? Because I'm also in this space where I have forgiven them for so much that I didn't realize how hard it was to just raise a child, to bring a child to this world, to really nurture a child, to care for a child. So have you gone 
what, what's been your stages with your forgiveness levels, with your moments of understanding, with your moments of, okay, I see what's missing. And that's why I made a different choice to do something different. But have you had those conversations with your parents? Um, I, I've, I've, I think we are heading up that road. I think mm-hmm. they are just now getting to the point. Well, it's different from my mom and my dad, but, um, <laughs> These are very like these are conversations that are happening as we speak. Um, so these are conversations that are that are that are happening as we speak. So uh, stuff I'm still working through. Um, I've been doing the inner work on myself to get the accountability needed to forgive. Mm. Um, I have not yet been able to walk through in full forgiveness, um, and I want to be very transparent about that because. Uh, that I don't even know what I'm supposed like to forgive. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh. yo, I, I get it. You did this. You, I understand that. But what, what's harder for me to forgive now, what, what's harder for me to move a past is that like, well, I had to do what I had to do and look how you turned out. You're fine. And it's like, it's only by the grace of God and a few uh, interruptions between some suicidal thoughts that I'm here. Because if it wasn't, if it was just up to you, I would have off myself, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have the support that I felt like I needed and I couldn't talk to you because I wasn't allowed to, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I, when I say that our parents did the best they could, I truly believe that because that's all they've known. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, as we, as we start to, as I become a father and I'm realizing that I am at the age where I first felt like I was abused, right? Like I'm at that age, or I'm sorry, I'm not that age. My children are that age and I'm the father to that child. Right. And so even realizing now how much my children are trying to mold themselves into what it's so much happening. And it's like, it's like all the time, you're just constantly like processing, right? And you have to interact and act at one moment because this is what parenting is like. All right, so boom, you walk into the house, right? One kid spits on another kid. In that moment, you have to be, you have to be judge and jury. You know what I'm saying? So who did what? Why? Why are you spitting his face? Well, why do you say that to him, man? Well, then man, that's why you got water all over your face. Now you look stupid. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So it's like all that. And then now you're like, now you go to your room and you go over here. And I hope I did that right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so in that moment, you're trying to like, you have to execute that perfectly um, while processing all the stuff that's going on. Because um, and, and the way I would love to do it is be like, give me a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to figure out how to how to deal with this. Um, and then sit. But I'm not always able to do that. You know what I'm saying? I don't have the time that be I don't have the time to do that because um a lot of the the swift actions they take and they do, they violate you quick. You know what I'm saying? You have to nip it in the bud fast and say, hey, like this response is because of this. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean, you know, there's like a lot of, um, it's not a lot of physical touching. There's like a, 
there's wall plank, there's wall squats and planks and stuff like that. Okay, cool. You, oh man, you love to spit in people's face. Tell me how much you love it a hundred times on a, in a in sentences. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, you're going to do a hundred push. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever it is, but that stuff could be traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. And so while, while I'm saying that my parents did the best they could is because I'm trying to do the best I can. And even with that, I can still be screwing up. Hundred percent, and that's what I was gonna say when you said you gotta execute that perfectly. My heart was like, "Oof," because mm-hmm. the truth is, I'm trying to reckon with the fact that there is no perfect parenting, right? Okay. Because the moments I get excited about that future for myself, I'm like, I'm be, while I'm preparing for that future, I mean, I'm in therapy now, right? And I'm I'm analyzing my relationship with my parents. I'm analyzing my relationship with my childhood, and I'm seeing the same sentence of they did the best they could, and I'm seeing where they felt like, hey. you know, for lack of better phrase, this punishment or this, you know, this uh, way of parenting you is giving you some kind of moral compass later. But then in some cases, we don't know, right? Just like you just said, like, you know, right now, I think the wall squats are going to work. I think you realize after doing 100 wall squats, you're not going to spin your brother's face anymore. But (laughs) they could turn out 40 years from now saying, I didn't like how you went, my knees, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just like, Mm -hmm. so even making that choice is so, is is really it's powerful in the moment and at the same time you're still analyzing it so how how are you processing while you make the choice right so you make the choice you you made the decision of what you feel like the child you know however to parent them in that moment and then what's your processing like after that well i mean it's not and that's the thing it's not only disciplinary sometimes it's uh it's in care right and so the, the 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 goals are right the reason why you get the discipline is because we have a house culture that we're trying to keep up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you affect the house culture, right. You're telling Uriah, my my second oldest is teaching Anaya and Uzi how to react. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when he reacts to his brother and spit in his face and then Uzi punches him in the balls, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a culture we're creating here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful on how we do that. Now, the goal for the children is that they would respect themselves, one, and then respect each other well. That is like respect everybody who's a part of the family because we're all a team here, right? And so um, when you affect the culture of the home, it it, it could negatively um, affect uh, how other people feel like they're being cared for. And so the main goal is to protect that at at all costs. And so... um, uh, it also is in showing love and care, self-care, self-respect, all that stuff too. And so I spend a lot of time cutting hair, clipping toenails and fingernails and clean, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of that, like, and we have really deep conversations during that time. So a lot of times we can get hung up on, oh man, did I do the right thing right there? Or did I mess up? You know what I'm saying? But the truth is children are really forgiving. Right. So they they want to they want to forgive you fast and they want to get over it. And if you give them if you play the sympathy card, you might learn they might learn how to hold grudges a little bit too long. You know what I'm saying? So what I try to do is say, hey, I know I messed up there. I apologize. You know what I'm saying? I'll try not to do that again. I'll try to do something different. I'll figure out a better way to to interact with you. However, like, let's let's move on and move forward, you know, Um, because it's not so much who you are now that I'm focused on is who you're becoming. Right. who I'm becoming, I'm still trying to be gentle with that person, right? Because the things that I'm, I'm great, I'm good at now, 
are competing against the greatness of me tomorrow, right? And so the child that I'm raising right now, everything I'm trying to teach him, right? These are just fundamentals. This is GE, right? General education. This is fundamentals. Please don't hit somebody when they when they say something. You know what I'm saying? Like learn how to control yourself. Let's mm-hmm. let's keep it together. But at the same time, it's like there's something about you with that passion for injustice that is good, right? And if we can harness that, we can turn that into a superpower. But only thing I can do is give you, give you an opportunity to uh, flex that muscle, right? I won't be able to control it fully because we don't know what it is yet. Uh, it's rooted wow. in pain. It's rooted in un- uh, unfairness and forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, unforgiveness and stuff like that. And so let's try to figure out how to use this stuff for good. And that's my mission as a father until until at forever. That's yeah. what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I appreciate you for sharing that. I, I hear a lot of healing within your inner child as you talk about parenting. And yeah. I'd love to kind of address how that process has been because you just said that your kids are at the ages where you felt hurt. And so now that you you are watching yourself as a father, being able to protect them, having capabilities your father didn't have, how is your inner child reacting in this moment and in these experiences? Um, my My inner child, um, I'm, 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 so I'm doing well and now, so I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like the ways that I am able to protect myself and say, you know what? I know where this relationship is going, right? I know that you haven't worked on yourself. So your childhood is spilling over onto me. Therefore, I can't really tolerate that in my, in, in, in my space. So I'm, it's really easy for me to cut people out. Oh my gosh, I'm so good at it. It, it is crazy how good I am. You know what I'm saying? The, the problem is, is that um, I let go too fast, right? And so there's something about my inner child that sees danger and says, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there's some part of like, when you see danger, that's still stuff to, that's a challenge, right? To get through. And so um, a lot, some of that dangerous stuff that, you know, is challenging and that stuff should not be avoided. And so I'm, I'm trying to protect, protect my inner child. <laughs> and I'm also trying to challenge my inner child because I know that all the things that are, 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 are scary and dangerous not, are not necessarily bad, right? And my new phrase is like, I, I just want to do it without the fear. Right. Because I've already tried it with the fear and fear is 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 a great tool to tell, you know, when when to slow down and be cautious and stuff like that. But it's also very inconvenient because it robs you of joy. You know what I mean? And so for the last couple of things I've been doing, it's kind of like I know this is scary, dog, but try to do it without the fear, you know. And so that's that's basically what I've been walking into. And everything I'm doing now is also like showing my kids like, okay. They know I'm. A, they know I'm scared of heights. They know I'm like edges, right? right? So going to the Grand Canyon is not something I'm into, right? <laughs> and so as we when we all go as a family and they're like, Dad, aren't you scared of this? Yes, but I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, fear is not an excuse. You know, that's what I'm learning now. Uh, you you just you mentioned earlier that kids are to be celebrated when they're entertaining and when they want to express a different version of their shutdown. Now. I really appreciate that you brought that up because I think it's something that I didn't, I 
I don't know if I'm able to fully admit that that might've happened to me because I'm still working through that, especially when my therapist would bring it up. And she's like, you know, there are probably parts of your authentic self that isn't, isn't fully here. And you're now having to meet your authentic self. And I'm like, no, but my parents were great. They were awesome. Like, I just, I couldn't handle that for a while. Now it's been two years into therapy and I'm able to, you know, talk through some of the things. And I realized, oh, I wasn't feeling that and, and have those conversations with my parents. But for you, have you met some versions of your authentic self that you didn't know were shut down back in the, back in childhood? Yeah, 100%. I think the whole creative industry is like children at play. Right. Like <laughs> we were all told we were all lied to right. and told that we had to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, something like that, because that's what everybody wanted us to do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's what you got to go, go to college for. And I was like, you guys have lied to me. Like all those little thoughts that I used to push away because they were distracting me from homework are now the things that pay all the bills. Like all those little like ideas and little funky things that I would create or things I used to draw, like those are all like being celebrated to the max. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Maximum. And I understand that I am born in a certain era. Era, country, whatever, you know what I'm saying, that allows me to do this in the way that I do it. And I've had a very unique experience going from the West Coast, I mean, the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, And even like part of the the Baltimore, like, yo, we this is what we do. This is how we react. We stay out of the way. You know what I'm saying? This this really aggressive uh, frontier in order to kind of ward off any like uh, threats, like all that stuff it's all new to me. So it's, it's definitely like the confidence, you know, confidence is one of the things that uh, has come back and introduced itself to me um, in a way that I, I, I've always been insecure. You know what I'm saying? I've always been very un, unsure of myself and even my employees would be like, look, bro, if you unsure of yourself, how are we supposed to do our job? Wow. How was that when they called that out? Um. I mean, it, how you think? Like, it just, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's just a real moment, right? Because we entrepreneurs can hear that and they've experienced that. And we're not all walking in entrepreneurship as if we're just perfect and know exactly what's going on. So if you, I don't, you know, I'd love for you to just express what was that moment when you hear somebody on your team telling you, hey, I need you to be who you really are so we can be in support of that. Yeah, I mean, it's just. It's just one of those, it's like a little gut check, you know. The cool thing about the people around me is that no one's, no one's paying, paying to, I'm not paying anyone to say like nice words to me, right? And right. so they all know that we have a mission. We got a lot of work to do. And you talked about some of the, um, like, yeah, you know, I'm not just here alone. It takes a lot for me to do this, but I also have a great staff uh, of contractors, employees, and teams that have supported me to this point and continue to support me. And so, a lot of that is is like a oh shoot like I really do have to be that because the expectation is is like no we need you to deliver here you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying because we have we have this much to do you know what I'm saying and I know you got this much to do so at least you could be confident about this you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, and so no one is gonna understand what it takes to do what you do what I do 
what a what it takes to be a father for real like man if if i could if i could like blow up the phones of anybody it would be like these people who are like uh telling parents how they should act like that is so irritating to me because like especially people who don't have kids i mean i i, I know people who have like six cats but don't have any kids and they're writing parenting books you know what i'm saying it's just kind of really? like you should be yeah you should be disqualified <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then like, don't tell me you are a parenting guru and we don't ever see your kids because how do we know you telling the truth? You know what I'm saying? Your kids could be bad as hell. Like we don't know. You know what I'm saying? So like, but so I'm I'm really particular on, on that thing because I, I am confident in my fathering, but I wouldn't dare speak on another person and tell them, Hey, you're, you're, you're screwing up here. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's obvious and they're asking for my advice. I'm not going to tell you, Hey, you're failing. You know what I mean? But I don't, you, we all know when we're not doing what we can do. So I, when I say my dad is doing the best he can, my mom did the best they can. It's up for them to say, I didn't. Mm. And that's their own accountability, their own inner, inner child or whatever. But the generation before us, and not to speak on anybody specifically, but the generation before us, they don't really know how to show themselves vulnerable and authentic. Sure, right. Sure. And that's the biggest failure, I think, of that entire generation is that we didn't know what it was like when they were in pain. Mm. We didn't know what it was like when they were struggling through the marriage. We didn't know what it was like when they were broke. We just knew what it was like when they were irritated. We knew the manifestations of their pain. We didn't know their pain. So when we come when we become 30 and we're sitting there like, what is this? Why am I feeling this way? This is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're like, why didn't you tell me it was this hard? And then what we the worst thing that we do as a culture of people is that we let our young right struggle on their own. And we 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 let them think that that's a badge of honor when we easily could have been like, hey, don't do that. (laughs) That's going to ruin your marriage. And before you even have a marriage, you know what I'm saying? That's going to ruin your your work ethic, you know, before you have a, a career. And so um I, I started hanging out with men who were generous with their time. And I started hanging out with men who were generous with their uh, perspective. And they were able to say, there's, there's, there's a pothole coming up around that corner. You might want to slow down. You know, mm-hmm. um, when, when I talk to other men um, that, that I'm, I'm supposed to be closer with, they would say like straight up, they would tell me for, verbatim, I think you should figure out yourself. And I'm like, that is such a disservice it's unfair. Mm. Yeah. You know, I want to echo that. And that was really beautifully said because it is something that I think our generation has done so differently than the generation before us. But I also want to add a bit of not sadness, but I, I have a hug for that generation, right? Because I've had a lot of conversation with my parents and I'm sitting down with them and I'm saying, okay, what, what's up? What, what's up with the missing pieces in this story? Why, why didn't you feel it was necessary to tell me that? And for them to feel like they were protecting me by keeping me from a certain levels of pain until they realized, oh, you know, you're in a different generation. It might come sooner or later. It might come differently than it did for us, right? I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, I wasn't raised with, with these type of conversations with my dad or my mom or, or those different things. I'm saying, wow, you know, because we're all parented based on how we're parented and what we want to overcome or change or, or whatever we deal with with ourselves. And so there's so much to, to what you just said, because my mind immediately went to the nuance of something so true. And yet 
knowing that these parents didn't all have the opportunities that I believe our generation will have and hopefully impact the next generation. I'm like, dang, it's like that plus the other thing, right? Is this, it's this and that not, not either one. And so it's just like, it's really powerful to, to hear you say that. And I, I do hope that conversations like this and the thing, the work that you do, the work that I do can impact the younger generation can say, Hey, 30 is not easy. Hey, that, that thing you thought you needed to do at 25. I think I would just wait, you know, don't, don't skip steps. Cause that's one thing I'm really, I've been really grateful for. There was nothing I think I've been able to experience earlier than I need to experience it. There's a lot of things. It was like, you don't need that at 22. That is going to be a part of your 32. You're right. Let's think about that. So I, I, I love that perspective. And I definitely hear you. And at the same time, I'm like, wow, what a hug to that generation, because if they didn't have that, I'm sure it's something they needed. Yeah, I, I definitely think that we are better off because we're all irritated. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> By like, hey, man, why, why you ain't tell us, man? Why are we out man. here, looking, you know, just struggling, um, you know, but I also think that like we have an obligation to tell the ones coming after mm. us, you know? And so uh, with, with that, for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, this is honorable. This is the right thing to do, even though they they probably don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are confused by the roles of, you know, these influencers and these people just living everyday life and turning that into a business. Um, but the truth is like, they lied to us, like everybody lied to us, like Disney lied to us when they said happily ever after. Like when 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 the princess meets the prince and they get married, that's the beginning. And that's the hardest part. So like all these people who are like, yeah, I want to get married. I want to, like, are you really sure what you're asking for? Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that marriage is terrible or anything like that is great, but you got to understand what you're signing up for. Like you're literally signing up to put your life on the line, your feelings on the line, your emotion on the line, your your health on the line for someone else who's grown. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, these be grown people, you know be what I'm saying? Grown ups. <laughs> yeah, and so like, yo, when you do that for a kid, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I do for them, they can't do for themselves, but you're talking about a grown person. So yeah. you're like, I'm gonna lay it all down for for you and whatever that whatever that costs and some people just don't know the cost and they expect the benefits without the cost you know what i'm saying and so uh it it took my wife years to trust me in in certain areas you know what i'm saying a ring don't a ring doesn't get you trust that's not an equal trade time gets you trust you know what i'm saying so it takes a little time in order for that trust to grow even trusting me with the kids you know what i'm saying because she didn't know i was going to be a good dad right um, yeah, like we, we've been growing a lot. So yeah, I got a lot to say. All right. So listen, you just transitioned us beautifully into the marriage part. Um, nice. because as you have also expressed how much fatherhood is important to you, you've also expressed how much marriage and how much your relationship with Yvette is really important to you. So I love that you just brought up the cost and benefits. What are some things that people forget when it comes to being a really paying that cost? Um, Here's a bar, man. All right. So when you meet somebody, um, you're meeting them based on their own comfort, right? Based on their situation, based on. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Someone else's protection, possibly based on uh, a safety net, 
Right. So, uh, you know, if you meet somebody, say you meet them at work or whatever or at a function and in that function, they are peaceful, they're delightful, they're wonderful and amazing. Right. And then you take them out of that function. Right. And they're a little bit different, but they're still attractive to you. What happens when you take that same person and you say all the stuff that you were feeling and all that protection is now going to be my responsibility. Right. And then you six months into a relationship, a marriage the bills aren't getting paid well, and you might lose a job and you're taking away that person's security, right? You're taking away all those initial things. So when people say, oh, you changed. No, I didn't change, the situation changed and I panicked. You know what I'm saying? And so you, we're, we're learning a lot about, okay, I like you in these circumstances. I don't, I don't like you. I like you under this circumstance, you know what I'm saying? And so I've, I've began to see my wife transform um, into a different person, every pregnancy, every season, every new, uh, you know, recollection that she has, every discovery, every, and so you don't, the, the, the real bar is that you don't end up with who you married, right? That's not who you end up with. You may marry one person and then end up with someone totally different. Now, how different they become is up to you guys, right? How much you care and love and, and foster that relationship. Um, I have completely benefited off of being in a relationship with you that she has transformed me. And so a lot of people, not to say that a lot of people say this, but some people often will look be like, how do I get a man like that? Or how do I get a woman like that? And it's like, that's not what this is, right? Mm. We, we invented each other, right? She gave me and I gave her and we became this for each other. It's not for you. Right. And so what happens is you meet somebody new and you're like, yo, I think you might be my Yvette or my Glenn. Right. And so you end up like getting in a relationship with someone based on work that you haven't put in yet. Right. And or, or you know, you want to get in, you want to take a relationship away. You want to find somebody else's shorty. You know what I'm saying? And benefit off all the work that they did. Right. And so uh, there's a lot of. um uh, give and take with, 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 with every marriage. And so every relationship, I would say, right. And so I don't necessarily believe that you can, um, you can come in and be who you were, right. You can't come into a relationship and say, I'm not going to change. Right. The whole point of you being with somebody else is so that you can change. Right. And become better. Yvette has made me completely better. You know, um, I was trash. I wasn't trash. I was recycled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I, had, I, had, I had been through the process. Right. Of being like complete garbage and then being like, oh, this is he, he, got, he got a nice foundation here. But Yvette challenged me in ways that wow. nobody ever could because she would ask me like, damn, where are you going at? I'm like, well, I'm going to Bible study real quick. She's like, dang, man, you really like studying the Bible with your friends, but you don't study with me at all. Mm. Ah. So can I, so can I ask when, when, when Yvette, we'll say Yvette particularly, but this is so beautiful that we talk about the changing in a relationship, right? When Yvette is calling you out on certain things is your original reaction. And we can go back to like the beginning of your marriage or relationship. Is she nagging you? Is she confronting you? Is that challenging? Is it a tone? Is it the way she does? Because a big thing about not wanting to change that I hear on the streets is 
when we, we approach each other in a way that is not, I wouldn't say even not kind, but it always feels like they're trying to change me, right? And those type of challenges is why people make loud comments about, you don't want to change, you, you're never going to be able to change your partner. While you're saying so beautifully and honestly, that change is a part of the package. So when you're hearing, when you guys were changing each other in the beginning, how did that, how, how did you hear it? Did you hear it as beautifully as you just said it? Um, my wife, um, straight shooter, right? My mom is an assassin. You understand? So my wife holding me accountable and hearing my mom say something, I was already used to being tough, talked to like that. Mm. Right. So I didn't take offense when my wife would hold me accountable. My wife is not used to her dad talking to her like that. Right. So when I talk, not to say that I'm her father or anything like that, but yeah. right now I'm the most influential male in her life as her father was. Right. So when I hold her accountable, I can't say it the way she talks to me. Right. Mm. The reason you get into a relationship. Right. Is so that you would change, but you have to want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that like the questions my wife asked me was accountable, was accountable questions. Like, why don't you do this? Right. It's it just, and it wasn't, it didn't have an answer. It was rhetorical questions. She just left in the universe. Right. And it would take up so much space. I was like, I can't sit like this. I have to do something and kind of cleanse the air because I can't breathe in this air. She would provide the tension. And so I'm not telling women <laughs> to make tension. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying that's what I needed because I was a, I was recycled an accountable man to a bunch of other men. And this one woman who I, I promised, like, this is my goal. It's like, I'm going to love you well for the rest of my life. That was it. You're right. And so with that being said, I would say that it takes a lot of finessing, you know what I'm saying, to be able to communicate that well. Um, and I don't think everybody can do that, but that's what, what I got. Um, one of the major questions she asked me was, you know, what's your five-year plan? And I said, I don't have one. And she said, I trust you with my family and my future, and you don't have five years planned out? And rolled over and went to sleep. Now, oh. with that, how was I supposed to sleep? She didn't know what she was doing. But she active at that moment was uh, what is it called a linchpin or some, I don't know what they call it, but it's like that 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 moment it was pivotal. Mm. It was like okay, she's not saying that it's bad that I don't have a plan. She's saying that as her husband and the leader of the family, right? I don't even have a map or direction of where I'm going. So where am I supposed to lead us to? Where are we going? Right? You ever get in a car? and have nowhere to go and just drive aimlessly. You mess around, run into somebody's driveway, run into the, the garage door. You know what I'm saying? Speed over a, a speed bump and, 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 and get into a car accident, right? You know that you got to check your surroundings, check your rearview mirror, put your seatbelt on, click in the destination and go. And I didn't have none of that. Mm -hmm. And so what she asked me that question was like, all right, I'm gonna get my butt in the gear. I'm gonna figure out at least I'm gonna go to another guy and say, my wife asked me this question. I couldn't answer it. I need help, right? And one thing you can't do is be dating with somebody, dating somebody who friends is trash. <laughs> How you dating somebody and all their friends is unaccountable Ooh. and nobody's checking them. That's impossible. 
Well, cool. When you want to hold him accountable, he's not going to listen to you. And so when my wife doesn't nag me, right? Um, sometimes she, sometimes she talks and I just be like, that's not working. <laughs> I told you I was going to do that. It ain't done yet. Cause I haven't had a chance to do it and that's not working. So I need you to either be patient or not, but I'm not, I can't rush that right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and it's also important to remind people the vision. So now when my wife asked me a question, Yvette, right. She was looking for a five-year plan. I got planned for the next 50 and I know where we're supposed to be at each month. Right. And so the plan is irritating to her now because I'm kind of like, what's your plan? <laughs> that don't really line up with where we going. Figure it out, though. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? I can't hit her with the, well, you supposed to have five years planned out because you I'm trusting with my family, and my future. Nah, I'm trusting me. I got you. Right. You figure out, you take the time and the space. I want to create a great space uh, for Yvette to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's my responsibility that I thrive. Um, therapy is important. I wasn't into it. My wife finessed me. I'm in therapy. You know what I'm saying? I have a great therapist. I have a couple of great mentors. I have a great group of friends. Um, and on all those levels, I'm accountable. Sometimes I can't share with my friends what the mentors tell me. They just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I am definitely accountable to the plan. Mm. So with over 10 years of marriage, how has the communication changed? Because I, I really want to continue continue to highlight the beauty of the fact that you guys change each other. And I'm sure that affected your communication. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we don't, we're not easily offended mm-hmm. as easily offended as we were. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I was a stay at home dad and my wife be like, what'd you do today? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous, but that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And I'd be like, we survived. Ask me what I did today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. Right. And so the, the conversation now is my wife stays home. Right. You know, I don't ask that. You know what I'm saying? I know I trust my wife with her time. And, and like, so everything is like it's it's really trust and then knowing intention. Right. So our jokes are like very edgy. Right. Um, we, we, we have a, we have a, a, a laugh, like we, we laugh everything off almost, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and that's because she knows deep down inside, like I'm not going anywhere, right? And so that was one of her fears. Like she had told me before, like, yeah, like I was more focused on my friendships than on our relationship because I wanted to make sure that if you left me, I had somewhere to land. And I was like, like, why would you think that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's her inner child. That's not my business. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I had I continually have to prove to her that I'm in it for the long haul, no matter the trial or no matter the uh, tribulation, because it keeps changing. Right. You know, these 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 things and events and like these little monsters, they get they get harder. You know, yeah. um, it's not ever the same challenge over and over again. It's it's harder. Um yeah, but I, I I I don't know. I think we are committed 
to speaking the same language, even though it's a different dialect. Yeah. You understand? I do. And I, I really, you know, when you bring up cost and when you bring up those different parts of the relationship that, again, I think are just so much more hidden. You know, we got the, we got the nice social media post and then under that is all the actual stuff. And that leads me to our honest gems segment. We have a segment where it's like we want to drop the honest gems, the honest tools. So one of those first questions is what's something they really don't tell us about the first year of marriage? I, I think, uh, like I said before, uh, you committing to someone at the altar has nothing to do with the trust that needs to be built. Um, yeah, you have to earn the trust after the ring. And that's on both ends. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. But men historically don't necessarily, they're not the, they're not trying to protect anything. They, they, they don't, I'm just speaking for myself and the few gentlemen that I know, we don't really need much to get, to get going, right? It's a few things, you know, you know, sex, food, and I don't know, you know what I'm saying? You <laughs> drop in your three, you know what I'm saying? Not that women, not that we are not desiring of more in a right, relationship, right, right. but as, as far as the bare necessities, like if I can, if I'm consistently eating and consistently having sex, I don't really need much else because I can, I can get motivated. You know what I'm saying? By just those two things, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say that, and, and, and I could be off, somebody else could say something different, but I, I honestly believe that you have to build trust there. And so what's interesting about the relationship on the other side is that when, a, when my wife, I don't feel like she values the things I value, right? So like, you know, at, at one part in our marriage, sex wasn't a priority for her. You know what I'm saying? Um, but once again, she's healing her inner child. She doesn't, she thinks sex is, uh, -uh. you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? We'll do it if we have to, but not necessarily. It's a big deal for me. And so, um, and, and that season of marriage, I felt, oh, she, she doesn't trust me. You know what I'm saying? And so that led to a lot of like feelings of like disregard or, um, uh, what is it? Uh, indifference, you know, um, you could be here, you could be, you could not be here, but you know, I'm fine. You know, that's how I felt she felt about me. And so I felt uncared for, you know? And so we've done a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work. Yeah. To, to rebuild that. that. What's something they really don't tell us about having your first child? <sighs> um. Man, I think they don't tell us how, they tell us how fast it goes, right? Everyone says, man, they grow up so fast, make sure you, but they don't, it's, even if they tell you that, it's still not accurate <laughs> because it's like this, you know what I'm saying? And so um, that newborn baby smell, that newborn baby cry, like all those things you will long for, you know? Um, all the things that used to frustrate you, the way they talk, dad, 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 like 
it, it, it you will long for those sounds again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, we need to cherish that more for sure. Mm-hmm. And what's something they really don't talk about when it comes to choosing your family first? Oh man, choosing your family first means not choosing your family of origin. Elaborate. That's gonna hit hard for some of y'all mama's boys and and daddy's girls out there and all that stuff. But uh, you can't, it, it may be impossible to honor your spouse and honor your parents at the same time. And um, those boundaries, um, if not, implemented are going to cause some serious damage. Mm. And I'm speaking from experience. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate that you and Yvette continue to live and, and that you shared so much that I, again, I can tell the experience is there, but on top of that, you are trying to drop, drop those gems for the younger generation. So they really, really know what they're walking into. Cause again, I think we're in a space where, and you are one of the influencers that people do watch and pay attention to, but we're in a space where we take in snippets of what it takes to make these, these dreams come true, these experiences we want. Right. And so that last point, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh my God. No, that, that, that's a hard one. That's, that's a really hard one. And I would say that I speak like this because I know I don't, we don't, we don't got time to waste. I don't got time for you to figure it out. You mm-hmm. understand me? Like, I need you to understand that this is a, situation that needs to be paid attention to all the bridges you're building right now and all the the ground that you're making with your with your family right may be amazing but what happens when you're when you're when you're you marry somebody who doesn't have that connection with their parents and they're having trouble processing how your parents perceive them like it's just so much happening there and so um i would say that I, I I had to tell my I had to tell my wife like look it's it's impossible for you to honor them and me mm. it's just impossible you know what I'm saying like this is my stance and my boundary and your boundary is over here and so that's it you know what I mean your boundary will not affect me and that's on me and my kids right and so I don't care what's happening like I'm a father <laughs> I'm a husband I'm protecting everybody you know mm. what I'm saying. Even from my people, everybody's getting protected. You know what I'm saying? Um, because like I said before, the way I could just cut you off like that, <laughs> right? The stuff I'm trying to heal from, I'm trying to get better at. Um, I'm, I'm quick about it in every circumstance, mm-hmm. you know, because I know what's at risk, right? Us letting other people be comfor- comfortable um, and making us uncomfortable and our children uncomfortable shows that our children sh- should not value themselves, right? It's like you should put other people's comforts before yours, you know? And so there's like micro messages in behavior um, in relationships that I, I really think we have to kind of unpack a little bit. And so we are definitely learning the hard way. And I'm so glad that like we have a couples therapists and our own therapists and then mentors and all that stuff. Like we are doing the real work over here, man. And I don't, and anytime I get the opportunity to talk like this, um, I don't do it often with podcasts, but I love to take it and go deep because I don't talk like this on the, on the program. Mm-hmm. Right. Belief in fatherhood is no space for this to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but how married are you? Uh, our podcast is coming back. So 
I'm excited to start that up again. Oh, I love that. I love that. Can you share where everybody can keep in touch with you, keep in touch with the podcast when it comes back? And thank you for yeah. sharing that last point as well. Yeah, we, we uh, thank you. Yeah, so uh, Belief, uh, Belief Mel, B-E-L-E-A-F-M-E-L on Instagram uh, and Belief in Fatherhood everywhere else. Uh, we coming up on a million subscribers on YouTube and got, you know, two million on TikTok and all that stuff and just basically just posting. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before the true authentic story of, of a father and, and the perspective that he has. And so that's where you could find me the podcast. I don't know when it's coming back, but I'm hoping by the end of the summer, we have some stuff summer 2022, by the end of that, uh, we've already started recording here. We're in a new 5,000 square foot building so we can build sets and stuff like that. So we're just getting acclimated to that. Um, and we're, we're, we're grateful. Yeah. We, are, we are grateful. Yeah. Congratulations in advance. Thank you. Amazing. You're welcome. And thank you so much for being on the show. I, I've been debating and I'm going to go with it. I had one question. I was like, I think I have to ask him before I let you go. How do you balance Uh oh. putting? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go with it. I got to do it Um, because you just you you have been able to, you know, be transparent with me and with the show, with the family. And, and that's so important. So I just I think this is important for everyone to hear. How do you balance? You're going to ask. No, you don't. You're playing. How do you balance? Stop. <laughs> you how go. do I balance? How do I balance putting my kids on camera and that type of stuff? Oh, no. Wow. I was like, are you right? That's crazy. No. Oh, OK, I'm sorry. Let, no, let me you're stop. Good. You're good. No, no, no. I was going to ask when you are implementing new. I don't I want to say ideologies and morals to your children while still allowing them to experience this life and having their own ideologies and morals come out of, you know, come from themselves? How do you balance the teaching and the learning with them? Oh, that's a brilliant question. I've actually never been asked that before, Stacey. Ooh, um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be an injustice for me to try to correct every behavior. Mm. Um, I think that in the long run, uh, I hope that they would be problem solvers of their own. And so, um, my wife and I are really big on teaching our kids how to think, you know, mm. and so letting them sit with the problem and being like, man, I don't know what you should do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have an idea, but I think you could figure it out, you know, and if they want to cry about it, then they can do that because, um, you know, it's just like Uriah in the puzzle. Right. There was a there was a debacle. I told him that the the the, the problem, the problem was he was fighting with his brother. Both of them had to do a puzzle together in order to be able to watch TV. Uriah decided that he didn't want to watch TV. And I said, well, fine, the whole 2022, you will not watch TV until you do this puzzle. 
everybody's online. Oh my gosh, you're such a horrible father. You did it. Some people are like, oh man, this is great. Some people are like, yeah, like why, why is it about the puzzle? It's about your ego. No, I told you to do something. You got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, how you figure out and how you do it is up to you. Well, his brother realized how annoying it was for him to be in friends. So he started the puzzle again and they worked together and finished it. It took him two months to do it, but Uriah went two months without watching TV. I sucked. And so the problem solving um, for me and the learning is just letting them kind of figure it out along the way and just kind of giving them hints. Um, I think we kind of handicap our kids a lot by just trying to give them the cheat sheet and give them everything they want, but it's just not convenient to us. It's not fair for us. Mm -hmm. And so though I do not want to let my children struggle I do want them to be challenged, you know? And so, because with what we do, they have the potential to literally be millionaires. You know what I'm saying? Because we're already paying them for what they do now. You know what I'm saying? And so they're going to have a lot of stewardship and self-control issues if we don't nip that stuff in the bud now. And so, but all our children are inheriting the, the crumbs of greatness that we drop, right? And so I'm just really excited uh, to give each child an opportunity. And so if you, I, I love, I, I can't wait to go home because I love being around them, but um, I, I really am glad that people get to experience it like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's cool to be a, a part of the family because I'm a, like, I even get excited, like, oh, my gosh, this is my family. We're, this is actually fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then it's also to give that light to other people and saying, like, look, man, like, life could be like this if you wanted it to, you know? Glenn Henry, everyone. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I just want to tell you that I'm proud of you and grateful for you and excited for you and for your family and sending you guys so much love because the love that you're putting into who they're becoming it is it's really brilliant and it's beautiful to watch so thank you thank you so much and um i appreciate you for following through and getting this this interview going and thank you so much uh to you your whole team i appreciate you guys y'all have a good day thanks for listening to the human to human podcast glenn thank you for reshaping what parenting can look like for everyone this episode actually really made me smile about the relationship i have reimagined with my parents shout out to you mom and dad we did that. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes and follow us on Instagram at human to human with Stacey Ike. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, curiosity is the pathway to consciousness. So let's take the next step together. This episode was produced by executive producer Stacey Ike, producer Paris McCoy, and associate producers Henrietta Bayemi and Emma Jackson. Audio engineer Brian Schaefer. Theme music pieces by After the Fall. Music released by Chill Out Records. Post-production audio by the Revolt Podcast Network. And special thanks to our guests, supporters, and the entire team at Human to Human Productions.
Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.